This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Today on the Alana Enquirer podcast, we catch up with our guy, Michael Tulip, Alana Enquirer basketball analyst, to get his thoughts on Illinois basketball 71-64 loss to Marquette, a marquee matchup that was close uh, really until the final minute or so, but Illinois had its chances to win in the final minutes, but went cold. Two of their last 16 shooting, a lot of careless turnovers late in the game, uh, just late game execution did not work, but there were some positives that we'll talk about with Michael Tulip. We'll talk about the personnel, we'll talk about what Underwood needs to do with this offense, given their personnel. As always, great basketball breakdown from Michael Tulip. We also talk a little bit of Big Ten. So Michael Tulip's coming up next, right here on the On Enquirer podcast. This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with a healthy lifestyle while tackling your holiday to-dos. Too busy with holiday plans to cook, but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. This holiday season, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered right to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep no mess. So head to factormeals.com slash Illini50 and use code Illini50 to get 50% off. That's code Illini50 at factormeals.com slash Illini50 to get 50% off. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, time to catch up with our guy, Michael Tupel, on Enquirer basketball analyst to talk about a marquee matchup that was a pretty good matchup. Illinois falls, though, 71-64 to Marquette as their offense goes cold in that one. We'll talk about the issues, Mike, but uh, this was a pretty dang good game, a close game against the number four team in the country. 
obviously not able to, to pull it out. But do you glean any positives from this? I want to start positive first. They competed. Um, and you don't want to keep saying that throughout the season. Eventually you want to start winning these types of games. But that's a Marquette team that has been together for a few years now. They, they won a Big East title both Big East titles last year, and then they were a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. So it was a great litmus test. I think what you've shown so far against Kansas and then now against Marquette is that you certainly belong in these games. It's just some of the mistakes that we'll get into against good teams. You can't have sequences like Illinois had. Uh, These teams will step on your throat. So like I said, we'll dive into just the diagnostics, I I guess, but – it's at least a positive that you can go toe to toe with a team like that. The environment looked insane. And honestly, after watching, there was so much college basketball that night and that game was a fantastic palate cleanser after the first half of Michigan state Duke. Um, That was a, that was a, that was a tough one. So uh, the fact that you can compete and you can, like I said, go toe to toe against those type of teams, I think is uh, certainly a positive. And, and if you're not an Illinois fan, you're just a basketball fan, you, you were treated Tyler Kolek. Um, as, a, as a former guard, Mike, I'm just wondering, what, what are your thoughts about Tyler Kolek, who, who certainly looked like a preseason All-American? Yeah, that's what an All-American point guard looks like. Just just absolutely has you in a chokehold all game with his pace. You know, I always I always say, you're going to play at Tyler Kolek's pace whether you like it or not. Uh, it's to me, it's it's very reminiscent, and they they have somewhat different games. But Fred Van Vliet's the same way. Yeah. Um, these guys that are kind of undersized. Kolek's not. I wouldn't say he's undersized. He's. You know, I think he's bigger than people give him credit for, but he competes, man. I mean, he's Rhode Island, New York, uh, Boston. He's that. He's that type of blue collar. But you see the impact that that has when you have someone, especially late game that can set the table and get you into some things. And especially when there's those mano-a-mano situations like there are late game, it's not always just crisp offense. You need someone that can go in there and play off two feet and get to the free throw line, knock down free throws. Uh, he's he's incredible. And and he's a big reason why they've had that the success that they've had. Because really before he got there, they that program wasn't wasn't doing too hot. And he comes in from from George Washington and is is just outstanding. Yeah, and it's hard not to to see the like the differences of these two teams. One with an All American point guard, one without a point guard. Let's be honest. Um, what happened with the Illinois offense late, Mike, where it just bogged down and and they weren't able to get anything going? Yeah, again, I talk about mano y mano late. I mean, that's defenses get spread out, and then at times there's just not a lot of crisp offense opportunities. So you just need to have guys that can go and get one. And Terrence can certainly do that. I just think there's there's just a lot of predictability around that right now. And not having a guy that recognizes those moments. And Terrence is, is doing all he can because he's, he's shouldering a lot, guarding the other team's best player, uh, and then trying to manage point guard duties late game. You saw the pass that he threw into the eighth row. Um, and then on top of that, just clock stuff. I mean, it felt like there was a sense of urgency issue. When they needed a, a, a score late, they were down six, and it was like a, you know, dribbling the ball up forty percent up the court, and and part of that is I think I think Terrence was tired, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was going a million miles an hour that whole game. So this is going to be an evolving thing, and especially for the offense, and this is probably a more macro 
look at it, not just the late game stuff, but you got to you got to find some more, or you got to find the low the low hanging fruit at this point. And you don't need to overhaul anything. You don't need to change, make wholesale changes to your offense or what you do. You just need to do what you're doing better. And the two things that I'm seeing right now, really three things. One, there are too many guys coming off of ball screens with no intention to do anything. Hmm. Like literally it's, hey, I got a ball screen getting set for me. I'm going to take two dribbles off of it and then swing it. And that's just, that's not doing anything for your offense. And then especially late game where, you don't have a Dane Danger and you don't have like a true five in. So you do a lot of five out stuff. And if you're not going to move and cut in five out, it becomes really hard to execute offense. I've, I think I've talked about this before where you think about five out and how there's all this space with five out. But if you don't move, and you don't cut. You're actually putting five guys, five defenders on the perimeter to clog gaps. Like it is, it is actually harder to drive five out than it is four out one in because there's more guys clogging those gaps. So that's that's one. Two, or I guess that's one and two, that coming off the ball screens with aggression, Damask was a huge culprit of this, and I think he started to figure it out a little bit in this game, but even had some moments late where it's like, you're not going anywhere off these ball. They don't want to be a ball screen team. Yeah. They don't. But you kind of have to be a ball screen team if you're not going to move and you're not going to cut. So – that's those are those are two pretty two pretty big key components to to offense. And then the third thing that I'll mention as well is that when Coleman's in there at the five, and this is late game stuff too, everything is pick and pop right now. And you even if you don't feel like you're gonna get a just rim run off the roll layup, you have to roll on occasions. Because if you don't roll on occasions, you're not giving any opportunity for these tag men that are on the weak side to pull in. If everything is pick and pop, then everything starts going east-west, and there's no shifting of the the defense. There's no overhelping potentially or honoring you on a roll. When teams are going to hard hedge or they're even going to be up to the level, Coleman's got to slip out to the back. He's just got to mix in more of those because then maybe that pulls in the weak side guy. Now you get a skip to Luke Goody. Now you get a skip to Damask. Maybe, and maybe it's a skip to a non-shooter in, in Ty Rogers, but he can attack a long closeout. That's it's just better offense. So they're like I said, there doesn't need to be wholesale changes to what they do. They just need to do what they're doing better. Through three games, Coleman Hawkins averaging four point seven points on thirty-one percent shooting, three turnovers. What are you seeing out of Coleman? What do they need out of Coleman? He's he looks like a guy that is I don't know, I go back and forth. Sometimes he looks like he's processing a lot, and sometimes he just looks like he's not focused. Um and look, there. I guess you know there are some changes for him this year. One, you're you're dealing with a new team and new personnel around you, but also there he's probably playing more drop coverage defensively than he has in the past few years. Uh, definitely more than last year. Uh, and, and there's times he's bailed out of drop coverage. Um, but all that to be said, he still had he's still been a part of some pretty incredible possessions on on both ends. He just needs to be smart. Like yeah. These whip passes across his face. I mean, he had a really good hook pass to start the game to Damas for the three in the corner. But that's fine. But the stuff at the top of the key when you have all the defense in front of you and you're trying to like, you know, whip pass across your face, thread needles, you just limit those. You just you just have to limit those. And if you do that, maybe that's that saves you two turnovers per game and two less runouts that the other team gets. He's just he's such an important part of what they do. And you can see over the years, 
how they'll kind of go as he goes. That's common for a guy that's this involved in the offense and in the defense. So he has to recognize that. He has to recognize his standing in this team and, and take ownership of that and say, wow, you know, I'm, I, they're trusting me to be involved, involved in a lot, both offensively and defensively. And, and, and I got to step up and, and rise to the occasion because him making those mistakes as more like a marginal guy or a guy that's just kind of in every now and then, right. You can, then you can work around that. But if he's going to be this much of a, of a focal point of what they do, you can't have those mistakes as a fourth year guy. And then just, you know, I go back and forth because the fire that he plays with can spill over into worrying about things that are out of his control, calls from the refs, just, you know, even when Dre Gibbs Lawhorn took the, or when he got the ball taken from him by Kolick, the first thing he did was look back to see who was, who was being guarded by Kolick um, and maybe didn't yell anything out. And, and it's loud in there, but uh, just little things that he can correct. But we've seen good Coleman Hawkins and what that looks like. And, and I think that's, that's coming down the pipeline yeah. too. Yeah. And he's going to figure it out. And Brad's, Brad's done a few things now. He's kind of shelved him against Eastern Illinois and sent a message. And then even in this game, he went to Amani Hansbury pretty early. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm not worried about Coleman, but you know, if he doesn't come to come into the game with a certain type of um, you got to be free of mind, but also have, have focus. And that's the balance. I think he's got to strike. Marcus Damask, uh, 18 points in this one. We, we saw it against Kansas, what he's capable of. I wasn't really concerned about him with a lack of production, lack of making shots in his first game. But uh, what did he show you? And then, and then Luke Goody as well. Those two uh, gave them a needed shooting uh, burst, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You, you touched on it, both of them needing uh, a really needed shooting burst for sure. Uh, Damask, I'll start with, you just, you, hey, man, it's almost like a wake-up call. Like, oh, you look around, you're like, I'm one of those guys. Like I, I got to be one of those guys on on a, on a nightly basis, and that's not always going to be reflected in production. That that doesn't mean 18 a game, uh, but the aggression that I talked about, where stop looking around, man. You're outside of Terrence Shannon. You should probably be the second second in field goal attempts on this team. Yeah, he belongs here. Like he he belongs is is like a, a go to guy on a team like this. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and and I again we talked about this preseason how some of these guys have to see it to believe it. Mm-hmm. And and he, that should have happened against Kansas. But, you know, the more times that Damascus can say, oh, wow, top five team, I'm almost dropping 20, like an efficient 20. Uh, and and both he and Goody have been really good defensively. Uh, I, and I think that kind of – we talk about the shooting and, and what they can provide offensively, but there's a reason why they're playing as much as they play uh, because – they're they're both really good with angles, which you have to be if you're not like the quick the quick footed guy. Uh, so they're great with angles, leveling guys off. I'll show some stuff on the film. Just uh, Marcus Damask guarding Cam Jones. He guarded Kolick a, cu- a couple times, and um, his size and his ability to level guys off with his chest uh, is helps, and it helps a lot. So you're going to need these guys, and I, and with Luke Goody, if he continues to to guard and be serviceable on that end and then space the floor and, and knock down shots, you're going to probably have to keep finding more time for him. Mm-hmm. Um, because now it gives you two, two bona fide floor spacers offensively. And that's only going to help you with Terrence Shannon and with some of these other guys that, that want to get downhill and want to get more easier shots around the rim. 
Not getting much from the guards off the bench. I think you and I kind of knew Dre Gibbs Wallhorn. Could he continue this? Um, what, what, does 18 points in the opener help him really um, in the next coming games? Uh, but Justin Harmon, just four points through three games. And uh, Dane Danger, just four minutes in this one. So the depth did not show up. No, and this was going to be a short rotation yeah. in this game anyways. There was just a select few number of guys that were capable of, of playing in this game. That's And that's no disrespect to the guys that didn't play. It's just, you know, different games call for different personnel. So, you know, going down the, the bench, yeah, Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, you're it's a not every game is going to be Eastern Illinois. I think we I think we all knew that. Yeah. Right. Um, but I do think they're going to keep giving him opportunities because there's you can tell there's something there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he he offers something a little different offensively. I know he's proven in practice and proven uh, in workouts that he can really shoot the ball. So that's that's definitely going to come along as well. And then for Dane, yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't a game for Dane. And yeah, I get people all the time telling me, "Well, we just need to throw it into Dane." And it's like this isn't football. You can't you can't just play on one side of the field, one side of the court. Um, it, you saw when he got in late. That is that is a different pace, man. And and he's he's worked so hard with his conditioning and, and on his body and all that. But sometimes that doesn't even matter against a team like Marquette. You need like your five, you know, quick on your feet, uh, quickest on your feet type guys to go in and play in a game like that. Uh, because on both ends, it's just who has who's the best conditioned, right? You, your conditioning may have improved, but you may not be right. top five on the team in in conditioning. So Brad was going to roll with those guys that that you know gave them the best chance to win and now you just you hope that you have a locker room that uh can deal with that and not kind of internalize it and go into themselves and then lastly with Harmon, you need more out of them like point blank you need more out of them because and i think i made this point on the last podcast and i'll reiterate it be the guy that they recruited like when they're look watching film Utah Valley State, you're you're salivating because you're like, oh man, look how confident he is coming off of ball screens. Look at look how confident he is shooting the ball. Look at these cuts that he's making. Look at him kind of disrupt passing lanes. I mentioned he's not he's not a rock star uh, on the ball defensively, but he competes. Yeah. And now it just it just looks like he's he's thinking a lot and uh, he needs to cut it loose. And especially in the role that he's in, you know, he may only get 15 minutes a game, 10 15 minutes a game. So that's all the more reason to just let it fly, come off, be aggressive, get downhill. Those those cuts you made against Kansas. There's a reason he played at the end of the game against Kansas. You just need you need more of that because too many times guys are recruited a certain way. Maybe they come from a different school, and then you come in and you want to be this completely different player. And I get it. You know, he's kind of a ball mover right now mm-hmm. and a spacer. He stands in the corner and then. He gets the ball from point A to point B, but there are thousands of guys. They got plenty of those. Yeah, thousands of guys they could go get to do that. There's a reason they got you, Justin Harmon. So I, that's another thing I'm interested to see because if, if he comes along, now things really start to, to round into form and you're not so reliant on, the, uh, on really the first five, six guys. 
This episode of the Illini Inquirer podcast is presented by Underdog Sports. We see a lot of you are downloading Underdog Sports, using the promo code, and having fun, which we love to see. If you haven't already checked out Underdog Sports, be sure to do so. It's super easy to use. You go on the app, go pick whether favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total than what is listed. For example, Travis Kelsey, he's very popular these days. If his number is set at 50 receiving yards, and you know Taylor Swift is in the house, you may feel confident he's going to go way higher than the number. Do that with two to five different players and you're in business if you go five for five you can 20x your money so sign up today with promo code Illini and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and don't forget to register with promo code Illini to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 there are a lot of fantasy companies out there but we decided to partner with underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports it's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry you must be 18 or older and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I know what Marquette ended up with like 1.07 points per possession, but I, I love watching that team play offense, the way they pushed the pace. They did miss some open shots, <clears throat> missed a couple at the rim, but I think Illinois had something to do with that. I believe in this defense, Mike. Like, I, I think this defense is going to be really, really good and give them a chance. Uh, but I, I think the next three games against lower-level opponents, and then you kind of get this off week as you move the Colgate game to, to mid-December, it's going to be a big time in practice, I would imagine, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, because as, as the year goes on, you don't get a ton of dedicated work. The winter break certainly helps when guys don't have classes. And if I you know know that program, they're going to be doing some variation of two days in there. Um but yeah, I, I mean, these next couple games, you want to test some things out, maybe, uh, and, and definitely offensively. There's, I, I mentioned the moving and the cutting, and if Ty Rogers, because he, because Ty Rogers is really good defensively, I think we, that's that's clear. Um, but offensively, there should not ever be a moment where he's not moving or screening or cutting, like constantly. Like he he needs to do that because if he if he stands stationary, you're just you're hurting your offense. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just thinking about, I'll give one scenario of just like a potential look that they could throw in. Cause I've been clamoring for the, for some back cuts, um, especially out of the corner. Cause what ended up happening, they, they got so predictable late that Marquette just started to edge closer and closer and, and almost when it was in like a full denial mm-hmm. on some of these dribble handoffs. And that's what led to Ty Rogers getting the moving screen late in the second half. And uh, so think about this if you're going even if you're going five out and a lot of times what they'll do is if the ball gets swung back to the top of the key and there's a wing and corner guy on that next side so I'll picture this left side ball gets swung back pop coleman hawkins now i'm catching it i got terrence shannon on the right wing i got ty rogers on the on the right in the right corner okay so their principles is that when somebody catches it at the top of the key there's a rip cut from the guy on the wing that guy has to automatically vacate. 
And then when he vacates, the guy from the corner comes up for a dribble handoff. And then that's how they continue their, their continuity. Um, why not mix in a scenario where if you want to utilize the attention that Terrence Shannon brings and the cutting that Ty Rogers has, that same, that same structure, I get it if I'm Coleman. Now I'm going into a dribble handoff with Terrence Shannon, and all eyes are on Terrence because all they see all game is him coming off the screen. Maybe I keep it. Mm-hmm. And if you keep it, now you have a cleared side, and now it's boom, back cut from Ty Rogers. Like those type of variations, they have to play that game. And Coleman's smart enough to to do that stuff. Like, hey, I, you know, they're all keyed in on Terrence. All right, I'm keeping this one. Or maybe I'm keeping it and going to the going to the lane. Maybe we have Goody in that right corner or Damask in that right corner. We got a shooter. They're glued. I keep this. I get downhill. And maybe we get, you know, a drift pass. We get the ball moving around and there's just more quality looks. So I know that's a that's a tangent, but that's examples yeah. like I'm talking about of just better offense, less predictable offense. Because some of that is what Brad Underwood's doing. It's, hey, here's the template. Here's the continuity. You got to play out of it. You can't you can't run the same continuity the whole entire game. That's how these defenses get a beat on it. Yeah. Do you think I've, I've heard people does Underwood need to to run more sets or is this just what the team is without landing the point guard that they wanted? They could definitely run more sets. I think the w- what they have to mix in, and they they just they don't have the personnel of a Marquette, so they can't play that fast, uh, that frequently. But they are going to have to play quicker. I think. And maybe that's finding some more like secondary transition quick hitters. Because uh, this continuity that they're running right now, it, it can be hard at times because if you're getting over half court at 23, now you get into this continuity. Now it's 14, 13. And if you don't get something off off one of those dribble handoffs or ball screens, now eight, seven, six, and you're getting close to hoist time. So that that's that's something I think that they could potentially mix in. But you also, yeah, they, they scrapped what they were doing last year. And, and you don't want to have to do that again. So I, I like the continuity that they're running. These guys just have to play just more, just smarter on, on that end and thinking the game more. And you just can't be robots, especially in five out. You're a robot in five out and you're standing, your you're offense is screwed. You're, you're not going to get any type of lanes to to drive. So, yeah, I, I mean, there's – we'll see what, what type of changes are made. But I, I don't expect a ton. They just need to – to play a little bit smarter. Valparaiso Southern uh, teams that Illinois should handle pretty easily here, Mike. Obviously, you got to bring it, but what what do you want to see? Like, what what would give you a little bit uh, a better feeling about this team heading into the middle of early December, where it gets uh, real interesting here? Yeah, I mean, I'll keep beating the drum. Just the movement and cutting. For some reason, it was and Oakland ran a funky zone, so yeah. that's a little bit unique, but. The movement and cutting was the best so far against Kansas. And I, I, I saw more movement and cutting in that game than I did in the next three games. So definitely that. But again, these non-conference games too, it's going to be a, a personnel game as well. Like you're probably going to see a lot of Dane Danger yeah. in these next three games. So what I'm looking for is, hey, after playing four minutes or whatever Dane played, are you good, Right. Are you good mentally? Because in, in these type of games, we still need to count on you because we have an advantage inside. You just you didn't really have an advantage inside if you're them. And, and I, I just I want to see them finish around the rim mm-hmm. better. I mean, there's just too many times. You know, I, I was on on post game radio and and people were calling in and they're like, 
we need to throw it in and get get you know Marquette's shooting shots around the basket and this and that. And it's like Illinois is getting shots around the basket. They're just not converting. I mean, how many times? I mean, Terrence missed two or three point blank layups. And yeah, they're eight I, of sixteen started, at the rim. Eight of sixteen. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. That and this is a team that that over the years has been pretty solid as a two point finishing team because they don't shoot a lot of mid range shots. Uh, but Ty Rogers missed a few. Ty Rogers passed one, passed out on <laughs> on one. Um, I shouldn't say passed out. He might as well have passed out on 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 that kick out to to Damask. But yeah, just more more, and that's a toughness thing. Like you just just finish the play. And sometimes I don't I don't think you know for a guy that was like my size, I had to try all these like quick finishes because mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be able to like work out down there. Um, these guys are big. Like these are big guards, and and it was always somewhat of a gripe that I had with Io. If if I was going to have one gripe with Io, um, it's how often he played off of one foot. Mm, yeah. And, and Terrence, it's the same thing. Like, dude, you are six six, two twenty. He's a tight end. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, like his speed is. There's no question. It's advantageous for him, and that he can get downhill, and his speed allows him to blow by guys, and his. St- first step off the ground is quicker than anyone else's so they can't really contest to block the shot but at times you have to mix in playing off of two feet he'll get to the line more one and two it's just hey i'm big i like let me put you in jail let me back you down let me and that could be another function of the offense that's something where i'm like hey instead of all these dribble handoffs into the corner fake the dribble handoff let's go right into a back down I, yeah, I don't have a lot of gripes about Terrence Shannon because he is defending his butt off right now. 100%. He's, he's hitting, what, uh, 38% from three. His shot looks great. He's taking good ones for the most part. But he's 8 of 17 on twos. And he talked all offseason about this mid-range game. I think if he adds that, Mike, he's going to average 20 points a game this year. Like I, I think if, if he just gets a little bit more efficient on those, on those takes to the hoop, like that's where – he can really add up these points that make up the difference for Illinois that has a need for points. And he's obviously their best guy at it. Yeah. Mid-range game for sure. Runners. Like we, yeah. Yeah. Like we talked about and playing off of two feet, you probably draw more fouls. Now you're getting even more opportunities to score. So yeah, I mean, and yeah, I don't mean just like two point jumpers. I mean, runners, jump stop, you know, get anything. Going, anything yeah. Like that. I yeah. think that's, and again, that's all playing off of two feet. It's giving you more balance around the rim and, uh, we, we, I mean, we watched on film last game of him taking off from Lou Henson's coat and, and he'll have those times and, and he can finish those type of, those type of layups, but just locking in and, and focusing in and, and, you know, he can't, he can't play for the foul either when he's going up. Cause if yeah. you're going off one foot, there's a, the likelihood of you getting that foul call is less than if you were to play off two. So yeah, I, I mean, there's, that's just kind of the stuff I want to see. If you, the guys that haven't played, off the bench they got limited minutes against Marquette how do you look now that you're not coming off an 18 point game like Dre Gibbs Lawhorn was or um you know Harmon played pretty well against Kansas so um can they find something and gather a little bit of confidence in these next few games because even the Colgate game December 17th then you better be on your p's and q's because that I mean they they blew the game I think they, they gave up a 24 point lead to Syracuse mm-hmm. um but they were smacking Syracuse because they yeah. don't beat themselves they force you to play uber, uber disciplined. Um, so you got to get some things in line before you play a team like that. Before I let you go, Mike, any thoughts on the Big Ten? 
Michigan looks pretty dang good right great. now. Um, I do think Purdue is just kind of in a league of its own right now. Um, Michigan State, I'm not going to beat the dead horse here. You know how I feel about them. It was always going to come down to shooting because they lost a 45% three-point shooter, and that's going to affect a lot of their ball screen stuff. They are not shooting it well from three. There's right, less 16% for, from three? Yeah, I mean, there's just less wow. room for A.J. Hoggard to operate. Um you know, you, you watch the contrast between last year and this year with Michigan State. Hoggard's got all this room driving downhill, getting layups point blank at the rim. Uh, it's not there right now. Um, so they, they need to make some – probably make some changes as well. Um, maybe Carson Cooper is a guy that they implement into the starting lineup. He's a little bit – he has a little bit more like ball skills than, than Sissoko does. Um, but, but, yeah, going on down the, the line, I mean, Iowa – you gave somewhat of a fight to Creighton, but I was just again they they want to track me. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not focusing a ton on the defensive end. They got some good transfers. They got some good freshmen. Um, Michigan looks good, man. Yeah, Michigan looks good. Uh, I mean the the jump that Doug McDaniel has made, if he can sustain this throughout the season, I mean, he's playing like an All Big Ten caliber type of guy. I, I think they're they might have to mix in Jalen Newell Llewellyn in, in the next couple weeks or, or in the next few months so i'm interested to see how they do that but namari Burnett, uh another great addition for them kamwa another guy as well that just you know fits what they do taris reed looks like he's taking another step now that he's not like playing uh, the four five you know oh three oh four detroit pistons both wallace is sitting on the block uh reed has a little bit more room to operate so um those are a couple of teams and maybe i'm forgetting some that that have definitely stuck out i know i know nebraska's undefeated right now they haven't really gotten a a true test but um they've they've taken care of business and then the hoosiers play uh right state or i guess right state raiders tonight nine and a half point favorites which is somewhat surprising right state's got a couple guys that can really really go uh, and Indiana's played some close ones. Yeah, against Army, against Florida Gulf Coast. So they definitely have some things to to figure out because their offense hasn't looked great. And uh, we'll see if Kello Ware can keep things up. Yeah, I would think Michigan is the the surprise good. Maryland, the surprise struggle yeah. for me. One and two with losses to Davidson and UAB. I didn't see that coming. No, and Davidson. You know, again, Davidson's very similar to Colgate, where you know if you're not disciplined, they'll they'll go and beat you but UAB they they don't even have Jelly Walker anymore um so I'm not sure what to what to make of that but definitely a disappointing start for them uh we'll see once conference play rolls around if they can figure things out I know they're you know they're one of the teams you felt like brought back a few guys and then even the guys that they added some talented freshmen and then Jordan Geronimo was a guy that was you thought could just kind of be plug and play for them um, but with Jameer Young and Dante Scott and Julian Reese, there's there's enough familiarity there where you shouldn't be dropping these these early non-conference games. So we'll see once these teams are are really tested. I mean, I think Minnesota plays Missouri tonight, um, I believe. So yeah, Maryland's got Villanova on Friday night. So that's and Villanova be- just dropped one to Penn, right? So I that's think. Be a big one. So man, I mean, if if they lose by ten to fifteen to Villanova. I mean that's not that's not your I shouldn't say not your father's it's not your older brother's Villanova um yeah. you know this this time around so 
uh, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how, how things play out because again, we, I think Purdue's just in a, in a league of its own and, uh, cause that guard play has been tremendous. I mean, how about think about this Illini team with Braden Smith? Yep. Sure. Could use one of those right now. That dude can go, man. And he's, he's keying a lot of, of what they're doing beyond just Zach Eady. So I'm interested. I mean, we're getting out, we're getting to that weird time of the year where it's, you get a glimpse of big 10 play and that those early December matchups, but but yeah, man, um, it's it's always a physical league. It's a it's a great league, and we'll see if anybody can knock off Purdue. Yeah, I agree with you, Michael Toop. You're the goods man. Always appreciate the insight. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it, man. You've heard us talk about home field apparel since the start of the season. There are a lot of collegiate apparel brands out there, but we wanted to partner with Homefield because their designs are the best out there. Some of Illini Enquirer's favorites are the Basketball Ringer Tee, the Rose Tee, and the 1980s Long Sleeve with the Script Illini. It's great. Be sure to check out homefieldapparel.com, filter by Illinois, and see what we're talking about. And our listeners get an exclusive deal using code Illini23. Using that code Illini23 gets you 15% off your first order. We all know you're wearing Illini gear, so if you're in need of a refresh, we really think that you should check out Homefield Apparel, which has the best designs, and these shirts, guys, are really comfortable. Their designs are super unique, and a lot of thought goes into each concept. There's really nothing else on the market like what Homefield is doing. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com and use code Illini23 for 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. Thanks, as always, to Michael Tulip for his great insight on Illini basketball. Just a reminder, no live podcast after Valparaiso on Friday night as uh, Joey Wagner and I are going to head a little bit to Iowa, uh, get about halfway or a little bit farther than that to Iowa for the football game on Saturday. So we will do a post-game podcast for Illinois basketball after the Southern game on Sunday night. Uh, I will be at home, but Derek Piper will be at the arena, and uh, we will do a podcast after that. So that's when we'll get our basketball fix here again, and we'll try to get Stephen Bardo on uh, again next week, Michael Tulip as always, uh, on next week. So we've got plenty of basketball. But uh, before we get out of here, I do want to do a little bit of football because Brett Bielma is being coy about his quarterback. I don't think he really named a starter when he went on SiriusXM. Big Ten Radio. I think he kind of gave some word salad and said something about a starting quarterback, but you get that quote and it's not exactly clear. But Joy Wagner asked Brett Bielma directly about his starting quarterback, and here's what Brett Bielma had to say on Thursday. Who you think you're going to start at quarterback on Saturday? I think our guys have 100%, no doubt in their mind, what's going to start at center at quarterback. So um, I think the one part that really became clear to me as we began to evolve with our players, right? They get really good at practicing what they do, right? And, and what we emphasize in practice, our guys go out and do very, very well. So I was clear and adamant about what we were going to do from Sunday on. Um, uh, what the outside world knows, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, but what, what happens on Saturday is what matters most. There you go. He, he's just going to keep Iowa guessing. But here's the timeline. Luke Altmeyer, Brett Bielma said, was cleared earlier this week. I think it was Tuesday. He said he let his team know who was going to be the starter on Sunday. If I were a betting man, which I am not because I'm not very good at it, I still think John Paddock has a real good chance of starting. And I think Illinois has a chance with either of those guys, but I just I still question whether Illinois would, would bench somebody that has the belief of his teammates like that. Just put together those two games. And uh, against this Iowa defense particularly, I think John Paddock, his skills of quickly diagnosing um, and getting the ball out quickly, I think that's really, really important. 
against this team and, and not making huge mistakes early on. Luke Altmaier, I think, is is very talented and has been very good, and he deserves to start, right? But it's just this is one of those rare instances where because of injury you can lose a job because this guy just threw for 507 yards, just led Illinois to two wins and saved their season. So it's nothing against Luke, who I think is a key foundational piece. But uh, I know the, it got reported out Wednesday that, that Luke Altmaier is starting. I still have my doubts, so we will see on Saturday what happens with that we will have an Iowa versus Illinois preview on the podcast probably just within a few hours of me posting this one Uh, so be on the lookout with that talk with David Eichholt about the Iowa Hawkeyes who are one win away from clinching the Big Ten West championship outright and uh, going to the Big Ten championship game and then uh, Joey Wagner and I will talk some Illinois as well, including more about this quarterback situation. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on the YouTube channel. Just hit the like button, subscribe to us, hit the notifications bell as well. We always appreciate that support. And uh, if you're not a VIP member, I would say wait till next week. We got one of the best offers of the year. Our Black Friday sale was awesome. So you'll get access to Jay Lehman's film rooms, Michael Tulip's film rooms, all our VIP insight, recruiting information, all of that at Illini Enquirer. All right, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!